So once again to re-establish or to remind us all of the template of what we call meditation or this particular cultivation. And so these uh, references to center or axis and periphery, central quality, center of awareness, and what's around it. What is that open to? What does it receive? And our practice of uh, tuning into that is we're aware of the whole thing. Right? So there's a centrality which gives a sense of an axis, a firmness, a here-ness, like a, the Buddha likened it to a, a stake driven into the ground. Yeah? And the senses are tied to that stake and they move around. Eventually they relax. Mm. So he uses, then he uses this as a model for what he called mindfulness of body. Establish the central pillar, axis, stake, sense organs, sense bases, run around that and eventually they settle down. And we have like field awareness. Field awareness is not about point, it means a spanning of a field. And for this you can consider something like a magnetic field. We've got a central magnet which has got the charge in it and you've got these energetic fields radiating around it. This may seem like I'm imposing a particular idea but actually I'd like to suggest this is how it is. For example, yeah, if we operate just the uh, visuality, visual consciousness, there's a field of that which can be seen, right? If you're not focusing on any particular object, you just want to know what it is to see. There's a wide span, and within that, there are discrete qualities of light or color and shape. And around that, we infer form. I see shape. I infer a a dimension I can't see. I can't see your back. I assume you're solid, but my eyes can't tell me that. So we infer. Field says, you know, awareness and features arising within that. Ordinary consciousness, the hearing, Sound, bird song, voice, movements, rustling, silence. Around that central quality of hearing. And you can follow further examples of that. You know, tactile, body, and then there's different qualities of brushing sensations, pressures, pushes, heat, warmth. That's flowing through that field. That's how it is, isn't it? Well, you've got no particular aim, nothing particular, you know, to, to seize your attention. It's like that. 
And why that seems unusual is because normally something is seizing your attention and you're focused on a particular point. So we assume, based upon that very common model, we're focusing on points, these could be letters on a page, particular data that's streaming through, thought processes, pop, 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 yeah? particular sensations that are agreeable or disagreeable. The model is one almost like a, a, a flow of discrete qualities. There's no field, there's no awareness of a continuum, it's just one thing after the next, right? It's like words with no page. <laughs> Nobody notices the page, because the words are carry the impact, the importance, the poignancy, the shock, the delight. Right? So we get this point focus. And yeah, that can be pretty common. And we're data flooded, aren't we? On all levels. Now if we imagine, just do an imaginary journey back to the time of the Buddha, people living in forests, what kind of processes would they be experiencing? Listening to the sounds around them, detecting odors on the wind, not on points, but on the whole field, because anywhere in that field there could be threat. There could be tigers, smell of an elephant, the field awareness. There's no straight line. They've got to weave their way through a forest, recognizing their roots. There'd be creatures living on the forest floor, there'd be pits. You've got to be all round aware, not just focused on seeing or on hearing, but on all of it. Now, from the point data processing idea, this is total overload because I've got to jump from my nose to my ears to my eyes to my body. No, you don't. You don't jump to when you stay in the center, you open your awareness, and then right? you're not focused on any particular sight or sound or touch, certainly not thought. And as you're in that sensitivity, something touches. It's a sound it strikes you. It's a sight, it's an odour. So a particular discrete phenomena and data can arise within that field. But you're really aware of the whole field. And this whole field, which is not a sight or a sound, but doesn't eliminate them, is called the psychosomatic field. Well, I'm calling it that. In uh, at the time of the Buddha, they called it citta. We call it mind, heart, awareness. Okay? So, I'm calling it somatic because what is sensed within that field has immediate resonance in terms of the internal body, the body's energy systems, the body's vitality, the body's sense of apprehension over threat, the body's interest in comfort, and rising qualities. Hmm? Yeah. They're not to do with tactile, they're to do with signs that are detected in the field. 
I mean a sign. This is a sign of something that looks threatening. What does the body do then? It starts to tighten up. Right? It's a natural response. It's, it's basically, that's what you're born with. You're born in the wilderness. We're still born in the wilderness because when we come out of the womb, this is the wilderness. Like, what? <laughs> wow. The psychosomatic experience is probably one of shock, I'd imagine. <laughs> like, well, where do you start with all this? Yeah, and you look, threat. Threat, warmth, shelter. And then you maybe receive the mother, which is offering shelter, warmth. Okay. Start to orient around that, right? A very fundamental triggering is it the sign of security or insecurity, the sign of threat, the sign of welcome, the sign of comfort. And the body doesn't have to think it, gets it. The sign comes through the mind in, on an it's very instinctive level, not through the thinking mind. These are emotional signs. These are emotional signs. The mind, what we call chitta, is fundamentally emotion, primarily emotionally attuned. So whether things are green or red isn't a big deal. It's threat, it's comfort, it's familiarity, it's ease, it's joy, it's possibility of nourishment. Those are the signs. And then the body lights up with that. And then the operations start. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? What about this? Why is this? The mind starts adding the organization. Thinking mind, right? Okay? That's, that's how it is. Yeah? That's still happening. That's your model. Now, that field awareness covers all. It's centered on a psychosomatic domain. And messages of the senses, the emotional, if you like, messages of the senses trigger responses in that psychosomatic domain. Therefore, very important to really know I feel free from threat. I can feel comforted. I can feel welcome. I can have as much space as I like. Yeah. Now we can meditate. We don't, no points are going to give us that. Because points keep shifting and changing, don't they? And you've got to hold them, hold tight. It's a different kind of quality of attention. Whereas what I'm referring to is much more reading, receptive, centered on the psychosomatic awareness, which is our fundamental... <laughs> basis. Whereas holding a point 
is much more what the thinking mind does to organize data, which is certainly useful. Catching trains. Yeah. So, so this this becomes the dominant mode, going through points. This, this equals that. This is and then getting. This is because of that. This will be that. If this doesn't, that won't be. And this was because that wasn't, but it might not have been. So there's a trying to find a sense of security through a mind that was never designed to do that. You see, the organizing mind is there to provide data. Security and settledness comes from a different place which is an emotionally, I'm okay. It's all right. Yeah. I don't need, you know, no amount of organ, I can't tell myself I'm okay. I can't add up the reasons why I'm okay and how long I'll be okay for. What happens if I'm not okay? And if I'm as okay as she is, nothing like that is going to work. <laughs> Right? So we, this is where we get the settledness through that sensing in and grounding psychosomatic awareness. Stabilized through the body. Restraining the senses, particularly the mind sense, the mental sense, organizational thoughts, which of course we are highly activated by and normally operate by. Restraining those. Okay, it's just a thought. And if you like, you get more skillful at it. What is this the emotional tone of this thought? This is uncertainty. This is uh, wanting. This is feeling inadequate or whatever, you know. And you can experience those things where they really are and deal with them where they really can be dealt with. Just acknowledge, feel it, breathe it, embody it. Notice how these emotional signs cause particular effects to occur in the psychosomatic domain, which is normally as a contraction or a stirring or an imbalance. We suddenly find ourselves really rising up into our heads, or drawing back, or moving forwards, or getting quite flustery, or trying to get tight and hold on to something. We notice those, and okay, that's that. Now, I don't, right now, it's going why and who is going to be, is another issue, releasing it, get back to whole body, open the field, psychosomatic field, so it's nice and grounded, steady. Where's the disturbance in the field? Certain fluttering agitation, what's needed here? Return to the center, stabilize, gradually open and spread awareness through the whole field. Goodwill, and just smoothing out the agitation. It's called calming. Yeah, so this is absolutely, uh, I hope, normal. Um, 
norm normalizing. So a couple more references. One, you know, is that, that arising in this particular process of birth. Yeah. We are aware of being in a field when we may sense that as a sensory field of sights and sounds and touches and things like that comes through the sense consciousness. Consciousness is the experience of being in a field. <laughs> Knowing you're in a field or getting a sense of operating through a field. I am seeing something. I am the one who sees. I am the seer. I am the hearer. And that movement between the center and the periphery and the transferring of urges and impulses and agitations and joys, that's called consciousness, this kind of energy moving around within that field. Right? So we arise within that as we're born, coming into that you know, sensory fields open. And naturally, there's that instinct, may I feel stable and steady in this, I don't want to be constantly I want to find some steady ground in this. So the fundamental need, we might say, for stability, stasis, could call it security, stasis. I'm okay within this domain. Yeah. I'm, I'm intact within this domain. Very fundamental instinct. And it's called norming. What's here in me and what's around me, they can meet. We can get on. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, I'm on the same page, I'm on the same plane, I speak the same language, I'm in a, you know, norming. Right? And then, was that norming, once we get a sense of norm, we know how to operate. This fundamental requirement, stasis and norming, that happens instinctively. It's a reflex. You come into a new center, you look around where the signs Who's the manager? Where do I go? Okay, I think I've got it all right. I'm here. I feel normed, part of the part of the scene. Without that, I just don't know where to where to start. This is very fundamental, isn't it? <coughs> Interoceptive sense, body. Take it a little subtler. Interoceptive sense. What the body feels like in itself. Energies, health vitality, right? What it feels like in itself. Interoceptive sense. Yeah, it's kind of intact, it's a bit tight. I'm aware of that. Proprioceptive sense. How the body operates within the world around me. How much effort is needed to walk across the floor. Uh, how do I meet the day? How do I meet light? How do I meet... Is the, is the air warm enough? Can, so the body also starts to mediate that. Can I get through the door? <laughs> you know, how can I lift the cup up? This ability to negotiate external, what's it, excited, so that it feels competent and comfortable. These two senses, interoceptive, proprioceptive, and then trying to norm. So when, when that all seems to add up, we feel, yeah, it's okay, I can handle the technology, you know, a little bit challenging, but I can manage that. I don't feel like an idiot anymore. <laughs> I know what time to go here. I feel okay. I don't feel like I'm the, lo I'm the odd one out. 
So stasis is established. Now this, this instinct is so fundamental that we can form societies. Right? This is what we all do. So we all do this. Aha. Snag. Because what if the society is full of people who are not that bright or a bit deluded or in fact sometimes rather crazy? Well, if I get deluded and crazy, I'll be part of the norm. So I'll do that. <laughs> so, right, you see people in, in rush hour traffic, they're just charging along, right? And of course, this normative instinct is so powerful that we adopt, you know, we advertising. You can be one of the in crowd, you know, you can be successful like she is. You can be one of the happy, smiling people on a beach because you've got a bottle of fizzy soda in your hand. Uh, and it gets gets there. Uh, uh-huh. And of course, we adopt political beliefs, we adopt religious dogma, we adopt nationality, and none of these are innately pure. <laughs> but because the need for stability is so strong, that we we adopt them, and it kind of works in its own way. But you also do begin to recognise. Mm. Yeah, this isn't necessarily telling me the truth. Because something in my body doesn't feel quite right. Feels stressed. I don't feel actually in, inside, I don't feel secure. I feel like I'm always trying to be secure. I feel like I'm trying to be welcome and trying to be as good as the next person. I'm trying. So as I can be norm. But actually, the body is not stupid. So, when you're in a crazy, unstable situation and you're adopting crazy, unstable social patterns, something in your body says, and then what happens? We either push it, press it, stifle it, numb it. So, it's internal shutting down occurs. Hmm. Okay, that's society. There's also familial uh, topics, you know, depending on what our family matrix is, whether we felt comfortable, wanted, welcomed, enjoyed, appreciated, or someone's a bit of a nuisance, another mouth to feed, squalling brat, or whatever. I wanted a boy and I got a girl. I wanted a girl and I got a boy. Oh, well, you know, and we pick that up was extremely sensitive you know so well how do I get to be normal well if I sort of suppress something in here and do the right things then I'll be accepted and this goes goes on this is the pattern isn't it you know Uh and school and job and everything is doing the same kind of thing right and something in it's getting kind of more rigidified and intense or bits falling off bits not being acknowledged (laughs) okay so okay how do I deal with this I meditate right so what's the norm for meditation be careful (laughs) 
or suppress the internal basis and focus on the point. <laughs> so you will be like what it says in the books. And everybody else looks pretty stable and steady, I'll be like them. Because they're not. <laughs> uh, and these aren't decisions, these are reflexes. They're not decisions, they're reflexes. There's nothing wrong with the pe- people or situation. But this level is it called implicit memory. You have explicit memory, which is able to give you dates and days. And implicit memory just gives you general, broad feeling of not quite right. I don't quite know why, but then we can invent a reason why. So, we say really healthy is process is to begin you know, precepts. Whatever's around me, bigger, smaller, more powerful, weaker, stronger, I'm not going to mess with them. <laughs> May they be well. That's the norm. right? However strange she is or whatever, let's not mess with them. May they be well. Be how it is. Let's just deal with that. Internal sense, may I be well. And, okay, how do I work on the interceptive sense? Well, it's built in. It's called breathing. Our nervous system operates through, first of all, being stimulated, called the sympathetic, receives something, it's aroused by a detail. Sight, sound, thought, memory, picks it up. Detail, point, stimulation, arousal. Okay? And then what's called the proprioceptive sense refers to the whole thing and says, okay, you're all right. Switches off the engines, we go back to rest state. Something arouses, and then we go, okay, that's that. Not a big deal. Let's go back to the whole, whole, wholeness, proprioceptive sense. Come back to stasis, balance, non-arousal. Not asleep, but just poised. Proprioceptive sense. And, you know, breath energy does that. Yeah, so, particularly the arousal comes with the inhalation and the subsiding comes with the exhalation. Now, this is not about a point. This is energy moving through the psychosomatic field. This is not a point in your abdomen or your nose or your chest, though you may pick it up there if you wish, this is about a whole nervous sensitivity that gets the body to do this breathing. That gets the intelligence and the the system that tracks, okay, time to breathe out. And then you feel that flow, time to breathe in, breathe in that flow. So this is the internal regulator. Yeah. 
but sensing it in that particular domain rather than in the sensory domain. So if we look at it as a, as a sensation, then you move from the psychosomatic air field into tactile. Right? And like any sense base, you know, tactile sense operates a point. There's the, there's the bit. Yeah, we can be aware of the whole body, just like we can be aware of whole seeing, but the instinct within seeing is to let's focus on the number, or the detail, or the colour, or the face. You know, it searches for a point. That's what sense senses do, don't they? Right? So, the tactile sense will do the same thing, particularly if there's that wishing to get stable get on to the point and hold on to it. This is how you'll concentrate. Which is about holding on to a point, isn't it? No. <laughs> no. And look in the, the scriptures and there's no reference made to concentrating on a point. There is no reference to that. There is a word that's translated as concentration, samadhi. I like to suggest this means the settled psychosomatic field. When it's settled, tension turns into that and is stabilized. That's not a. So let's get, let's get off the point. <laughs> get to the point by getting off the point. <laughs> because that's where the the uh, the nourishment is, and this regulation of our energies occurs through that, and this is also where the mm, damage or the distortions or the unsettledness is in the psychosomatic field. Some of this is called implicit memory, a basic gut feeling of having to do something in order to be here, having to be good enough at something so I can be here. That's the kind of what we call a an implicit memory. You don't quite know what it is, but for right now it's going to be, I've got to be able to meditate. Tomorrow it might be, I've got to be able to do this. But there's always, I've got to be able to, so that I can get to that settled state. <laughs> what you have to be able to do is to relax the sense of having to be able to do something. That's what you have to do. You have to find out that impl implicit memory of I should be doing something. That's there. What does it feel like? Where do you feel it? Can you breathe into it? Can you spread your awareness over it? Do you need to be activated by that? 
this is something that's been there a long time. And you've tried all your life to fulfill it. If so, maybe nothing that you will do will, will actually achieve that. Except to sense that, expand, release. Breathe out. Now, these implicit memories, or there might be other words of putting it, somatic memories become a structure. What we remember naturally organizes our day, doesn't it? What we remember consciously. I remember where I put my car keys, I remember my phone number, I remember my name, my date of birth, my passport number, my PIN code or whatever. Therefore, I'm okay, I've got it all. Right? We remember things in order to keep the show going. Yeah? And we remember the rules, we remember the, where the kitchen is, we remember this, then we can operate in this situation. So memory is essentially that which enables us or is encouraging us to find a sense of stasis, okayness, norm. And in Implicit memory is the same. Yeah. So it, it creates a structure. We operate within that structure. The structure is one, <laughs> the structure is conditioned. So we get instances where this person's Structure is one of having to do a lot. The people, structure's got a lot of feeling of guilt. Not adequate. Or having to hold on very hard, dogmatic, obsessive dogmatic holding on to positions in order to feel steady and stable. It's that important. And defense strategies and so so forth. So you get these structures established and you know we can run our lives through those through those structures. In fact that's what will happen. Our life force will flow and our thoughts and our responses and our fundamental reactions and our ways of intuiting where we are and what other people are will conform to those deeply embedded structures. Um, we are taking our, using our time carefully and wisely and we want to actually check in with those who we feel ourselves to be in that structural, dynamic way. And how does that feel? Do you really need to be this? Do you enjoy being this? Does it stand up by itself or do you have to keep doing it? Could there be a something that occurs by itself that gives stability and stasis. You don't have to keep holding yourself together. Could there be that? 
than the Buddha said there is. The unconditioned liberation. You don't have to be what you've become and keep it going with a good amount of worry. Now, the sound of that and hearing the sound of that it's called the arising of our most fundamental support, sattā. I use the Pali word first. What does it refer to? I don't have to always be what I was. There could be something more beautiful, more comfortable, more stable. It could be for me. What happens? Oh, it could be. I feel there's a certain motivation arising. In English we call it faith. Not belief, which is, belief is always nailing your brain, your mind to a point to hold on for security. <coughs> Sadha, faith, is a rippling through the psychosomatic domain. There could be. There could be. What? We don't quite know. <laughs> but there could be a release from this structure, this intensity, this sangsara, this repeated going on and on in the same old bottle. <laughs> there could be a release from this. And, uh, you know, just entertain that. And say, this is the introduction. And we notice as sort of, sort of an immediate, now whether will or not, we'll have to see, but there's an, an immediate awakening through that that does because it hits touches a psychosomatic field right at the center this isn't about a particular thing to hold on to yeah. this is reminding it of freedom it's reminding it of the non-compulsive, the non-habitual, and that that is actually the deepest resource that we can have. So as our practitioners, we recognize what I cannot have is eternal life. What I cannot have is eternal health. What I cannot have Eternal, vig eternal vigor, I cannot have these. What I can have is eternal well-being. <laughs> Let's get real.
and faith. And when these uh, meet the, um, you know, distorted or incomplete or conditioned structures of our of our awareness, our way our minds work, you can get one one thing is a kind of contraction we call cynicism. Well, I call it cynicism. It's no, 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 not me, no. Other people maybe, but they're dreaming. They're not going to work. <laughs> Get this kind of yeah, yeah. This is the the structure kind of fights back. You might say, <laughs> if it was uncomfortable because you're exposing it. If it was uncomfortable, sooner just follow it rather than be exposed. So you get this kind of withdrawal. It's too vulnerable. Because if we're going to have, if we're going to allow faith to arise, this suffusion from the center, it's going to begin to expose our grasping, our fearfulness, our sense of inadequacy, the the personality structures which aren't really that rock solid. That's going to be a little bit, you know. No, don't bother. (laughs) Go back to sleep. So yeah, and then encouragement of faith is you have, have faith. If you have faith in this practice, you will experience insecurity, fearfulness, rage, greed, <laughs> guilt, inadequacy, good. <laughs> Hopefully that's not all you experience, but that means you're actually exposing some of these crippling forces for what they are. With you know, with with the with the varnish taken off, and then your challenges can't. Rather than having faith in your personality, have faith in the heart that can move through that. And why we so often keep potentizing these qualities of goodwill, compassion, deep heart qualities of the resource that, you know, open, move through, accept, not contract around things that are saddening or disturbing. And also, of course, just that fundamental stability, I can stand, I can walk, I can breathe, however, whatever my state I'm in. Yeah, having faith in that, <laughs> yeah. actually that, and the simplicity of that, and the persistence in that, which you call virya, energy, which we get onto later, that's what causes this these old structures to begin to thin and dissolve because you're not regenerating them and emphasizing you're not even frightened of them or embarrassed by them anymore. Yeah. So, cynicism, doubt, another one, another way of expressing it. Oh, I can't, oh no, I'm not, no, I can't, no, I'm just this. No, I, no, I'm not really. Well, I don't think I. Loss of confidence, loss of faith, 
or doubt major hindrance so the mind can start doing that too mm. the other distortions of faith is when it becomes um, <laughs> yeah, it goes the other way I am totally wonderful everything around me is fine we can, we can move mountains <laughs> loses loses the grounding axis it starts to kind of explode and this means also there's a lack of grounding yeah lack of grounding so you know so meditation sometimes you can get these really lovely mind states the yeah yeah important thing is axis ground periphery those two. If you're all out on periphery, in all kinds of moving phenomena, keep the ground. If you get too riveted to the ground, open. And that's set. You mustn't lose the template. Have faith in the template of, of Bhavana. This is what's... You look in the suttas, I'm maybe using different language, but you won't see concentrating on a point. You won't see it. You'll see emphasis on steadying and stabilizing. But if you're not focusing on a point, how are you going to do it? And then Buddha presents the example, stake, pillar, senses tied to that, restraint, renunciation, letting go, things relax, air the that's called samadhi. Collected, gathered. So as we're settling in over these hours, depending what's happening for you, show all kinds of stuff. Some of it's just basically just crackle, static, you know, data, blah, 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 blah. And so it may have a more emotionally turbulent quality to it. Mm. Let's establish the template, have faith in the template, uh, release the contractions, find the ground, be well. So let's take some time for direct practice. Mm.